Praise the Lord, man. It's nice to see um, so many familiar faces. It's nice to see new faces. What a blessing. Um, welcome. My name's Robert. I'm, I'm one of the pastors here. And <clears throat> I'm not sure if the guys at the back are ready for me just yet. You are? Amen. So we are currently in a series um, on prayer. And the series is called <clears throat> P for Prayer. And this is going to be the 10th and the... Mm, that looks interesting. Um, I'll, I'll let the, the guys attending to the sound, maybe they can attend to that in a minute. P for prayer, and this is the 10th and the last in our series on prayer. Um, if I'm honest, there's probably at least another five, six, actually maybe about an, another 10 messages that we could do looking at prayer because it's one, of the, it's one of the most, I mean, talk about P, it's one of the most popular topics in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? It's, the Bible's replete. So we could be going on forever. Um, so we're going to bring it to an end because next week, Richard is going to be starting our Christmas series. And so we look forward to that as we conclude, hopefully, this <clears throat> encouraging time that we've had in prayer. Now, today's message is called Posture. Um, we've had a lot of P's um, over the, the, the past 10 weeks. This week's P is for Posture. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 18. So if you turn to Luke chapter 18, I'll kind of um, try to set things up as it were <clears throat> as we get ready to look at this short portion of text. So question is, is there a particular posture or prayer position is a question. Is there a particular posture or prayer position? Now, note what we're not talking about. We're not talking about coming up to the front of the church. And I'm saying, we're not talking about kneeling, literally. We're not talking about closing your eyes and clasping your hands together tightly. You could, you, we can do all of those things and pray, right? <clears throat> but we're not speaking literally, we're speaking metaphorically. And what is the metaphorical posture or prayer position? Hopefully, you're in Luke chapter 18, right, with me. I'm going to put it up on the screen um, <clears throat> so you can follow along. Luke chapter 18, verse 9 through 14. And after I've read this, then we'll pray. All right? So, here we go. He, speaking of Jesus, also told this parable to some who, what? Trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And notice, and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Verse 13, but the tax collector standing afar off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14 says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. 
Heavenly Father, thank you that even as we read this text, um, we can already hear, we can already see its effervescence. Yet at the same time, there's a great challenge in this passage. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to tease out both, that we would walk away with clarity on both. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So today's text, funnily enough, follows directly after the text that we looked at last week. Top marks for those of you that noticed that. We looked at verse 1 to 8. Um, last week we talked about, do you remember what the P was for last week? Anybody? Perseverance. I mean, Bertram mentioned it earlier in the announcements, right? Perseverance. And we t- remember, we're talking about prayer, so it was persevering in prayer. Now remember, the Lord Jesus, he told a parable last week about two people, an unjust judge and then also a widow woman, which left us asking two significant questions last week. One, will believers continue to pray without giving up? And then secondly, will Jesus find faith on the earth when when he comes back upon his return? So there was a challenge there for, for unbelievers. And I'm saying, are you going to continue in unbelief or are you going to trust in Jesus? Because he's coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if you're a believer, are you the type of believer who's continuing to stand fast, continuing to, to persevere, particularly in prayer? Right? So that was up to verse 8. <clears throat> verse 9, where we pick it up, then says, he, speaking of Jesus, told this parable. He told a parable last week. Now he's going to get ready to tell a parable this week. <clears throat> and, and, and if you like, these, these, these parables, they both relate to each other. And the common denominator, I would argue, is prayer. Jesus, he also told this parable. And it's pointed this parable is, is, is toward or in the direction of a particular group of people, notice, to some who did what? Who trusted in themselves. Trusted in themselves, notice that, that they were righteous. And the word righteous just means basically to be in right standing with God. I'm good, like me and God are good. And they trusted in themselves that that was the case. But then notice how they treated others with contempt. Now, does that sound like the, like the two go together? Someone who's trusting in God yet treating someone else with contempt. That don't sound right. And again, the context relates to the last days or the end times, right? Or the end of time or the time of reckoning. Because we said in the previous chapter... And if you're able to, you can look, you don't have to, but you can look back in the previous chapter, in chapter 17, Jesus speaks about his return and his second coming. Remember, he talks about the days of Noah and the days of Lot, and he talks about the day when the Son of Man will be revealed, chapter 17, verse 30. At the judgment, he says, one will be taken, one will be left. One will be, one, one will be judged and the other one will be forgiven. One will be condemned, the other one will be justified. Remember that word. And the big question for us in our passage today is, will you be exalted at that time 
or will you be humbled? Or will you humble yourself now and then guess what? Be exalted then. Well, it all depends on your present posture. It depends on your current, your present prayer position. What's your position and how do you position yourself when you pray? Now, another thing that we're instructed <clears throat> to pray um, from last week's message was for justice. Remember the widow woman imploring the, just, imploring the judge for justice, remember. And the question is, again, it's related to this text. Where will, you, where will I stand before the ultimate judge on the ultimate day of justice? Remember, that was an unjust judge, but we're going to stand before a just judge how will we stand before God on the day of judgment? Can you see all of these questions that are a reference with regards to this text? Well, again, where we're going to stand is going to depend on our present posture. Now, <clears throat> just like last week, we have another simple, simple, simple parable, you know. But, like, but I mean, you can't say that about anything that Jesus says. It's simple, but it's like, we were, like when we taught the, the book of John, we said the book of John is, is shallow enough for a child to paddle in. Easy to understand, but the book of John is, is deep enough for an elephant to drown in. God's word is profound, and Jesus is here telling it's simple. It's just a simple little parable. Only a few verses. One, two, three, four, five, six verses in a simple little story, but profound Nonetheless, and again, it's, it's got two characters. Can't be too confusing. It's got a Pharisee, and who's the other character? A tax collector. Two contrasting characters. In, in, in this parable, one of the first things, you know, that strikes me, or should I say that struck me, is that both of these do what? Thank you, brother. Both of these pray, you know. They're both identified in similar fashion at the beginning. But we see when we get to the end, poles apart. Yet both of them pray. Hey. One person is genuinely trusting in God as they pray. That's their posture. The other isn't. And you'd be like, like, what's the point? Well, I agree. What's the point? What's the point in, in praying if you ain't really trusting in God? And, and, and I agree, like, what's the point? And I agree, and, and, and so does Jesus. Look at verse 9. He also told this parable, note the posture, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Now, <clears throat> now the text is going to describe this Pharisee, right? <clears throat> and then it's going to describe this tax collector. We're going we're gonna to see a description of a religious person, and then we're going to see a description of a secular, sinful person. <laughs> Verse 10. Two men. They went up in the temple to pray, you know. That's why they're here. One a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. Now, verse 11 is going is gonna to start with the description of the Pharisee, which many of us will probably be familiar with. How many of you know... Like, if someone calls you a Pharisee, they're not paying you a compliment. So we know a little bit about, about, about Pharisees, you know what I'm saying? 
But before we get there, understand that in this time and culture, Pharisees were seen as some of the most upright and respected of all people in Jewish society. And many of them, people aspired to be like them. You see a Pharisee, you be like, there goes a serious guy. I really, you know what I mean? Them guys, they know God. They're close to God. Like, psh, I wish I knew God like them, man. See, they were religiously devout and morally up upstanding. A typical Pharisee didn't steal. They didn't cuss. They didn't lie. You know what I'm saying? They didn't drive over the speed limit, you know what I'm saying, or watch pornography. Like, they kept the law. They strived to do what was right. Religiously, they would just leave others in the shade. <laughs> they read their Bibles and they, they prayed regularly. Um, some Pharisees memorized whole portions of Scripture. And I don't just mean, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him. I don't mean just John 3.16. Like Pharisees would memorize a whole book. So they'd start, you, you've probably heard me say it before, they'd start in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you go away, you make a cup of tea, and come back, and they're in Genesis chapter 4. You know what I'm saying? Picking up, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like they, they, and, and verbatim, word for word, is the, is the degree to which they memorize the text. That's why when Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think, them in, because you think that in, in them you find life, right? He literally meant you search the scriptures because they never had chapters and verses. So you couldn't go, oh, just turn to John chapter 4, verse 4. There was no chapter 4 and verse 4. It was one whole text. It was one whole scroll. So you, you'd have to know it so well that you know, okay, I know exactly where that is in the text. This is how well they knew the scriptures. See, they, they went above and beyond the call of duty. It's like they're in bonus points territory. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you'd like to put it like that. This Pharisee, like morally, you can't fault him. Religiously, you can't top him. And here he is in the temple praying and that's and that's where you'd expect to find him right where else but you see but all we've described about the pharisees all that's what go on reds all that we're doing to describe all that we're doing to describe the pharisee is all on the outside jesus in our text is going to expose what's going on on the inside verse 11 the pharisee Notice, standing by himself. We'll come back to that. He prayed thus, God, I thank you. I am not like other men. <laughs> okay. Man said, I'm a cut above the rest. It's like I just described the Pharisee and, 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 and he stands next to me and says, for real, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and the man who says I identify with him is communicating the exact same sentiment. 
know what I'm saying? My man's like, and, and notice, what a way, what's he doing at the moment in the temple? He's praying. Like, what a way to start a prayer. Yo. Yeah, like, don't be deceived. Just because he starts out with thanksgiving, can you see the thanksgiving? My man says, God, I, God, I thank you. Don't be deceived. <laughs> because can you see, just because he starts out with Where's the focus? Thank you. Oh, that was absolutely categorically overwhelming. And it's true. It's clear that he is overwhelmed and focused on self. And I'm sure that Jesus taught his disciples not too long ago to start off their prayers with their focus on God. Like, when you pray, say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy, oh King James, your kingdom come. Mine? No, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see how the focus is on God in prayer based on the way Jesus has taught us how to pray. But this guy, it doesn't start off with Lord, you, you, you. It starts off really with I, 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 me, me, me. This Pharisee starts off with the person that's most important to him, which is him. As the Pharisee begins to pray, can you see the person who gets the most attention? He refers to God in the first instance, but God is far from the focus. Can you see his pride is veiled in spiritual language? God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I mean, it's one thing to think it. <laughs> I'm different, and I know it. You know what I'm saying? I'm distinct. I'm, di I'm distinct. I, yeah, I'm in another category. Like literally, verse 11 says, he's standing by himself. Like he really means it. Like no other man can even stand next to me. And he goes on to clarify his definition Who's the first person he compares him to himself to on the list? Oh, my girl said it, you know. Jeez, straight to it, you know. Just, you see that she, she read it and interpreted the text and said exactly what he was thinking. Extortioners. Now, you know, extortion is, is the exaction or the extraction of money or property through intimidation. Like, tax collectors were powerful people. You know what I'm saying? And he know. Are we already... Say again, bro. Still are. Still are. Still are. <laughs> <laughs> I lie, bro. Oh, hey. Uh, boy. Don't want to get into no politics right now. It's politics season, isn't it? But let's not get into no politics. It's like... Extortioners. Now, this is an indirect. I mean, you know when you... <laughs> It's like my man's got his, I don't know, maybe he's got his hands raised and he's looking up to heaven. Right? But you know that he's looking out the corner of his eye. And 
He's possibly looking at this tax collector. You see, tax collectors were renowned for extortion. Collecting tax, yes, which was their job, but then collecting a little bit on top. You know what I'm saying? He's got his hands up to heaven, you know. But he's got this tax collector. And it's like, it's like, saying, it's like saying one thing with your lips, but can you see he's saying something else with his heart? And, and the Bible says it, doesn't it? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And hmm, indirects. I'm not like other men. Extortioners and unjust. See, see, you remember the parable that Jesus has told me? I'm the Pharisee at the moment. Remember the, 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 the Jesus has told a, a parable about an unjust judge. He's, I'm not like him. I'm not, un, I'm not unjust. Like the judge we heard about last week, I'm fair. I'm compassionate. I'm considerate. I mean, I'm really good at blowing my own trumpet. I'm not the next thing on the list. I'm not an adulterer, which is the next sinner on the list. I've never been unfaithful to my wife by committing adultery, at least outwardly, right? You see, but Mr. Pharisee, have you ever looked at a woman and lusted after her silently, privately, regularly? You know what I mean? You call your wife, my dear, in public. <laughs> my dear, publicly. But what do you say to her privately? How do you treat your wife privately? Come on now. See? I'm not like other men. <laughs> like, there's, no, there's no beating this guy down. He's not having it. Look at the next comparison. This is the guy, this is the guy he referred to at the beginning that I'm arguing probably looked at at the corner of his eye. I'm not like other men like that sinner over there. I mean, my man's saying it with his chest. I'm not like the others. I'm not an extortion. I'm not unjust. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not even like this tax collector. And at that moment, it could be like, ooh. It'd be like, my man's sending for my, like, ooh. Yeah. There ain't nothing new under the sun, you know. And the fact of the matter, well, I say the fact of the matter, the impression we get is, what does he know about this guy? It's no, actually, it's a fact. What does he know about this guy? What does he know about him? Like, how, you, how, how dare you judge someone that you don't really know? Like, forget the superficials. Like, but someone that you don't really, really know. And how can, how can I say this without then applying it to us? Are, 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 you, are you ever guilty of judging someone from a distance that you elevate yourself above and you don't know, you don't know the first thing about them? You know, I know I do. 
I know it, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of judging people from a distance. And, and I know, it, like, you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. But how many of you know we do it? We do do it. You know, have you ever heard it said that presumption is the lowest form of wisdom? To presume that, yeah, I know what's going on, and you don't really know, it's the lowest form of wisdom. May we never be guilty of doing that. My man still ain't having it. I'm not like that. Notice, I'm not like that wretched sinner. He goes in. I'm not like, I mean, in the temple, you know. Hello. In the church, you know. Man's like, I thought the church, I thought, I thought the temple of God should be a different kind of place. I'm like, bro, okay, so he's a tax collector, isn't it? And maybe he's even a T-fin tax collector, I don't know. But at least he's in the temple. Right? The Lord might just be doing a work in the brother. He's in the temple. Over the past few weeks and months, some people have said that Kanye West is a fraud. My question is, cool, how do you know? How do you know? I mean, talking about standing, I mean, this brother's in the temple looking at the guy over there. You might be like, okay, he knows him. He grew up with him. He went to school with him. They both went Kingsdale. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, in it, but, but, but the person who's judging Kanye, you know Kanye? Do you know him? Have you, have you even ever met him? I'm not talking about you personally. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you an example, right? And it's funny, this is the third time this week I've been able to bring him up in, I've had, I've, in, 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 in not even conversation, but I've been preaching. Because, in teaching, I should say. Because I've had two other occasions this week where I've had to talk, had to teach, even. And this is the third time, like, how do you know? Could you be guilty of judging someone with only limited information? Like, who are you comparing Kanye to? Maybe you. I know I ain't trying to judge the brother. He's got a song on this album that he's just released, right? It's called Hands, Hands Off. And it goes, he's got part and it goes, what have you been hearing? <laughs> when I heard this song, I was like, like I came to the album like with a whole heap of presuppositions and and if I'm honest, prejudices. And I'm not even, I don't even know that much about Kanye. I'm not even a big fan of the back catalogue. I don't even, I probably know two of his songs, Stronger and Jesus Walks. I can't even, and I don't even fully know them. I just know of them. Because I'm not a Kanye fan. But even me, he's like, hmm. Okay, so, oh, he's about to drop an album, is it? Really? Okay, uh, here, here and there. Oh, it's going to be called Yandi. Really? Hmm. Kind of pretty much what I would expect, knowing his past. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, hmm. So anyway, put on the album, innit? 
first track proper caught me off guard. I was, I was, like, I was like, okay, all right then. wasn't expecting that one. And then continued to listen to it. I got to this song, and I tell you, I felt so convicted. And it's not even that I was proper against the brother. I'd heard about what was going on. I, just, I was just, um, I, was, I was interested, definitely, but I was, um, what's the word? I was, I was, I was, I was optimistically skeptical. You get that one? And, and so, when I heard this, I was so convicted. Hands off. My man goes, my man goes, what have you been hearing from the Christians? They be the first one to judge me, make it feel like nobody loved me. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh. uh, even like, Lord, forgive me. You know how quickly the mind can work? You can hear something and in milliseconds, um, analyze it and respond to it. I analyzed that and, and, and responded because I never even stopped the track. But in that moment, and I thought, Lord, forgive me. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, what have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first one to judge me. Make it feel like, no, how on earth could I as a Christian judge someone to the point where I make them feel like no one don't love them? The man ain't just saying it because it's just a clever lyric. The lyrics, them, they don't even rhyme. If you listen to the song, tell me I'm lying. Like, what's with rap nowadays? What's with this mumble rap business? Yo, we need to take it. Reds. Where's Pastor E? Wait, then, like, Ben back in the day used to rap. We need to take this thing back. Pa P, was you a rapper as well? Paul. They part. We need to, like, we need to take rap back. And it... And, Back to you, Roy, you know. Back to the, our, the original rapper. Thank you, Mr. Carnegie, sir. Thank you, sir. You see, that's why we need wisdom in the house. We need some, we need some, we need an older generation to remind us, you know. This is me trying to it's school the youngers. The older just got s schooled by a senior. Come on. My man goes on, he goes, I told people God was my mission. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first one to judge me. Make it feel like nobody loved me. Make you feel alone in the dark when you never see the light, man. You never see in home and you never see the domes. I can feel it when I write. Point, in, point of living in the, in the right. If they only see the wrongs, never listen to the songs. I was listening to the song, Kanye. Just to listen is a fight, but you booked me for the fight. It's so hard to get along if they only see the slight from the love of religion. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They be the first one to judge me. Make you feel like nobody loved me. Then, then, then who comes in and sings the hook? I never even realized when I heard it. I hear the hook coming. I'm thinking, I was already smashed to pieces by this point. You know what I'm saying? Then in comes the hook. Who sings the hook? Maybe, maybe, this, maybe, maybe this will help smash you a little bit as well. Because maybe you were like me. Fred Hammond sings the hook. Now, so if you ain't going to hear it from Kanye, at least listen to Fred, innit? And he sings on Kanye's behalf, oh my gosh, like Barnabas. Remind me, I'll come back to Barnabas. I ain't got time. Barnabas, by the way, when Saul 
got saved and nobody believed it, Barnabas was like, no, no, cool, cool. When they went down to Jerusalem in, in Acts, chapter, um, Acts chapter 9, went down to Jerusalem, everyone's like, who? Saul. What? The brother, that was, the brother that was incarcerating us as believers. The, guy, the same brother that stood up and held the coats of those that stoned Stephen. Him! Nah, fam. Nah. And Barnabas, bro, trust me. And, and but it was because Barnabas brought in Saul when no one else wanted to show him no love. Barnabas loved on him. Barnabas, he's called the son of encouragement. May God help us to be more like Barnabas. You know what I'm saying? And it, that doesn't mean that we're not critical or, or critique. It doesn't mean that we don't judge righteously, but judge righteously. Barnabas comes in, you know, Fred, and he says, on behalf of Kanye, I deserve all the criticism you got. If that's all the love you have, then that's all you got. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about love. We said, forgiven people forgive. Forgiven people love. That's what we said, right? Because that's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said. You know what I'm saying? And he says, he says, if that's all the love you have, then that's all you got. You ain't got no love. What does that say about you? He says, to sing of change, you think I'm joking. To praise his name, you ask what I'm smoking. You hear the cynicism. Yes, I understand your reluctancy. He's being more mature. He says, I understand your reluctancy. But I have a request, you see. Don't, don't throw me up. Don't throw me off. Lay your hands on me, please. Pray for me. I couldn't, I couldn't sing it like Fred. <laughs> He says, Please. the man, the man, doesn't, the man does, doesn't say, are you lot haters over there? You lot hating. Safe's all right, man. Cool. Haters, you know. <laughs> he could have said that. He didn't. He said, you're right. <sighs> you go back and look up, listen to my back catalogue. You're right. You go back and look at the stuff that I did. Oh, my gosh. Like Time magazine, you can see a, a picture of Kanye with a crown of thorns around his head. I mean, the whole Yeezy, the, it, it transitioned into Jesus. Man's going on like he was Jesus. In one of his concerts, he even had this guy come out with this white robe and long hair. It was scary. But the, the guy publicly has repented of that. And he's, he doesn't just say, pray for me. He says, please, pray for me. Maybe... Maybe, maybe Kanye is going for a, trans, a transformation. How do, how do we know? And you might be like, boy, you're not Pastor Rob. You've got to be careful. And I hear you. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? You might be right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe he will fall off and go back to the madness. Maybe. But maybe not. Look at Saul. For a little while, yeah, he's still so, so, after a while he became Paul. And then Paul was the guy who was then leading others to the point where man had to be like, oh, I can't even hate, you know. Oh, brothers on bits. He ain't ramping out here. Like, oh, you want to get behind him now, innit? It's all right. It's all right. I'm saying I would rather err on the side of grace than err on the side of judgment. Because the Bible says, blessed are the merciful. Why? 
because they will receive mercy. And I know I need mercy. Amen. We do. Now we've been, you know, we've been praying for Carnet on a Tuesday evening now. <laughs> I think was it eight or nine weeks? I've been like, you might have been hearing me. My heart's been bleeding. Turn up to prayer meeting and I just me wanting up. Turn up and then maybe maybe one or two people might come. Last week we had like eight people at prayer meeting. What? And I say that I was really encouraged this week because I was listening to a message where a guy was talking about a church of a thousand people. Guess how many people's at prayer meeting? Ten of them. I was like, boy, based on our ratio, raw. <laughs> we got eight people, boy. <clears throat> Come on now, amen. We got we got to look at we got to learn to look at things positively. You know what I'm saying? Because I know my inclination is always to see the negative. Always. No. It ain't it, man? Amen, man. Amen. Maybe this Pharisee, rather than judging the tax collector, maybe, like we're saying, maybe he should he's in a temple and he's praying. You're like, do you think it would have been fair to suggest that maybe he should have been praying for the tax collector? Instead of judging him. But no. <laughs> no. Not even now, you know. There's no convincing this cynic in our text. I am not like other men. Verse 12. I fast twice a week. How dare you compare him to me? Like now you're really seeing his true colors. I fast twice a week. You know what? Do you know what that means? And my man ain't chatting about intermittent fasting like for the benefit of, 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 of health and weight loss. That's not what he's talking about. My man's talking about like the religious element. And it's funny because Old Testament law stated that a person needed to fast only once a year on the Day of Atonement. My man? 104 times a year. How about that? Well, you're, still not, you, what, you're still not convinced that I am the guy. You're still not convinced. Look, I give tithes of all that I get. Okay. <laughs> Verse 13, the focus now shifts onto our second character. Right? We've got to move. Verse 13, but in contrast, the tax collector, unlike the Pharisee, <clears throat> it would be strange to see this done up in the temple, up in the church. Kanye in the church. Like, like, and that's just him stepping in the building. If Kanye had brought out an album that was just like all the, all the mess and it just didn't have some swearing, it just never had no swearing on it, I would have been like, wow. I mean, the... the guy's in the temple, yo. If you and I were there, our initial thought and, you know, fair enough would have been, what's he doing in here? What's he doing in here? Last month, because I couldn't pay my tax, this guy sent the bailiffs around. Now I've got to pay 30%, like, amiga. You know what I mean? I've got to pay 30% on top of what I already had. To. What are you, what's he doing in here? <laughs> Tax collectors were morally unclean. 
generally speaking, taking money. Notice, from the oppressed and giving the money to the oppressor. I mean, they work for Rome. You know what I'm saying? Stinking traitor. Working for the Romans and taking a cut. Get out of here, man. They were morally unclean and they were religiously unclean. These tax collectors, who do you think they associated with when they was out on, like, I say on road, when they was living their life? Well, they associated with all the wrong people. They even worked on the Sabbath. See? Do you know tax collectors were put in the same category? You've probably seen it as you read your New Testament. Tax collectors were put in the same category as who? Prostitutes. You never heard the two terms together? Prostitutes and tax collectors. Synonymous with sinners. I mean, that's the sentiment. Was he? Amen. And, 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 and this is why we need kind of time. You need time in the text, isn't it, to, te- to pull this all out because it's in there. But what's he doing in here? But scum of the earth. Like, but, 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 bro, people can change, you know. All right, let's say you were personally affected in it. I hear that. I hear your pain in it. I hear I'm feeling you. Man, Daniel, I feel you, fam. You know what I mean? I feel you. But come on, can't people change? That sounded like Harriet, that amen. Uh, sister, I missed that sister, you know. Jeez, Lord knows. Um. <laughs> it's like people can, surely people can change. I mean, sh- wait a minute. Weren't righteous people sinners at one point? Why? Short memories. Ah, yeah. See, and, see and, and that's exactly what is happening with this tax collector. He, like Kanye, he is in the process of transformation. But you wouldn't know that if you just look at the surface. The man's going through the... Notice his posture. Verse 13, but the tax collector, notice, standing afar off. Standing afar off. He doesn't feel worthy to stand with the righteous. He ain't standing over there because he thinks. This is, that, that's not his posture. He's standing off because he knows how people feel about him. You think he needs you to tell him? He doesn't feel worthy to stand with the righteous. He's standing afar off, he would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. He ain't looking at nobody. Oh, actually, I'm lying. He is. Guess who he's looking at? My man has genuinely got... Notice, the Pharisees possibly got his eyes up to heaven. This, far, this, this tax collector ain't even looking up. But how many of you know he's looking up? Different kind of posture. He wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast. This bread is about, you know when you feel like you want to beat up even on yourself? You're like, 
Like I feel it for people who, um, who abuse themselves. Um, I forgot the term. What's the term called? When, when people self like, There's loads of reasons people do that. You know what I mean? And obviously I'm not advocating it, but I understand that a part of it can be, I hate myself. You think they need you on top of that to hate on them? They already hate themselves. My man beat his breast saying, God, you're my last hope. If you, if you treat me like everybody else is treating me, I'm, I'm, I'm done. He says, God, will you be merciful to me? I know who I am. I know what I've done. Will you be merciful to me? A sinner. Notice the contrasts. Note the literal posture of the Pharisee, verse 11, standing by himself on his own two feet, you know. Self-righteous. He ain't trying to, regardless of what you say to him, it don't mean nothing. He's already convinced who he is. And not the literal posture of the tax collector, verse 13, standing off, afar off, feeling unworthy, feeling like an outcast. Notice how the Pharisee compares himself to others. And it's, 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 there's, you're always going to be better than somebody. So you compare yourself to make yourself feel good. You're looking in the wrong place. The tax collector, he's looking in the right place and he compares himself with God. And the crazy thing is when you compare yourself with God, <laughs> wow, you're always going to come up short. Can you see the posture of the tax collector? Luke is amazing. Um, the Lord had him write two books of the Bible for a reason. You know that Luke is the most unique, unique, the most unique writer in Scripture. You know why? He's he's the only Gentile. Every other writer of Scripture is Jewish. And if I had, if I only had time to help you to see that Jews, particularly at this point in time, were very prejudiced. Very, I mean, I could show you the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 10. Oh my gosh, I ain't got time. You can read it for yourself and you read it, you'll be like, oh, he was telling the truth. Peter, the great apostle, Jewish. Gen Luke is a Gentile, so he approaches this thing with a, a whole different set of eyes. And what Luke constantly does throughout his writings, which are Luke, the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, and also which book did he write? The book of Acts, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, Luke volume 1, Acts, Luke volume 2. Both of those books put together make up 33% of your New Testament. You think God's going to do, God's trying to tell us something. Luke, <clears throat> he always makes reference to other 
ostracized individuals like the Gentiles felt in comparison to Jews. He often highlights widows like he did last week. Women like he did last week. He done it with, like, with the widow woman. You know what I'm saying? He highlights children, as you'll see in a moment. Tax collectors. Why? Because Luke is trying to communicate God's heart for those that we could easily prejudge. Earlier in Luke, he tells a story about the prodigal son. And how many of you know the story ain't fundamentally about the prodigal son? It's about his older brother, who's angry when he gets forgiven by the father. You're supposed to rejoice when someone repents, comes back to the Lord and turns their back on their lifestyle of sin. Not him. Can you see what Luke's doing? Directly after this story... Like in verse 15, we end on verse 14, verse 15 through 17, there's a story about children coming to Jesus. And guess what the disciples are doing? The disciples about to beat the, the kids them off with a baseball bat. The disciples, for, forbidding individuals. How are you going to forbid children from, like, you know, I'm here and I hear the babies crying. You know, it don't really, it don't really bother me. I can't lie. Because I will just speak louder. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I know sometimes it can be a bit distracting and off-putting. And forgive us for that. Because we just don't have the space. We're trying to build a little um, kind of building out there. But it's going to cost 20 grand. And we just don't have the money. But um, we, we're confined in this little space. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, sorry about the children crying. Because and, and, mums and dads, they want to be in here. But it's just a, it's, it's a challenge. But I'm saying, like, never, like, God forbid there ever comes a day where we're looking down on the children, you know what I'm saying, and treating them in ways like you don't belong in here or God forbid. I mean, I don't see children's, children's church in, in, in Acts chapter blah, blah, blah. Do you? I'm saying kids was in there with everybody and preaching and... <laughs> nah, I know that needs nuancing. We would rather have a special space where we could have a speaker in there and mums can be in there and... Does any of that make sense? I feel like I'm not making no sense, but hopefully you can pick sense out of nonsense. Robert, get back to the point. Which one are you? Are you a disciple barricading the door of the kingdom? <laughs> no, we're not letting... Notice, or are, one of you, or are you today one of the humble children trying to get in? Because I know which one Jesus is about to start hotting up. And it's, not the, and it's not the children. It's the one barricading the doors to the... I've got so many stories. There's one I'm dying to tell, but I ain't got time. I'm Pastor Bertram, I'm learning. I ain't got there, but I, honest, I am. Lord knows my heart. Which one of you? What is your posture as you pray? Listen to Jesus' conclusion in verse 14. I tell you, this is like him saying, listen to me. Like, like for real, for real. Like, like, on, a, like on a level. Like, how, how else could I say that? Like, <laughs> sincerely, thank you, sir, for the over 50s. I tell you. <laughs> Sorry, don't be offended. That's my, that's my category. I'm, I'm 52. Hey. Okay then, amen. 
since Jesus says, sincerely, listen, this man that is, which one of them? This man went down to his house justified. Which one? The tax, the tax collector. Bopped out of that place. Right with God. That's a surprise, isn't it? That's why you've got to read the Bible, you know. You'd be surprised what you find in the Bible. That man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, this is the last verse. It's the only other verse I'm going to show you. Is Romans 5 verse 1. When I tell you I love this verse, especially when I'm feeling down and I'm feeling like rubbish. You ever feel like, like your Christian life is just rubbish? That's me when I'm feeling, when I'm beginning to get into that little Pharisee kind of complex. Wow, I'm not doing what I should be doing. And you know what? If I was doing what I was doing, then God would be happy with me. Because I'm not doing what I'm doing. God can't be happy with me. And you know what? I don't even want to go to church this week. You know, like, I don't even, why am I going to read the Bible? Because if I read the Bible, it's just going to expose more and more of my You know what? And can you see, I'm just getting further and further and further and further. It's like, when I feel like that, this verse, oh, therefore, since we have been justified by our works, we have peace with God. Is that what the verse says? <gasps> Tilly said this verse just puts a spring in my step. I'm like, therefore, since we have been justified by faith. See, Robert, you're trying to tell me that justification, like being right with God, becoming righteous, having that transformation and being regenerated and becoming a child of God, being translated out of the kingdom of darkness. God put him in the kingdom of light. You're trying to tell me that doesn't come by, by my works. That comes by faith. Wow. Boy, I learned something today in church. I'll be like, since we have been justified by faith, by, we have peace with God. How? Oh, through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's something about Jesus. And let me get onto him for a moment and then we're done. I'm not like other men. I'm different, said the Pharisee. He shouldn't have said that. Bro, they're not your bars. You shouldn't. You have no right to say that. You know who has a right to say that? But Jesus ain't arrogant like that brother but how many of you know Jesus is more than qualified to say that Jesus Jesus would be like I'm not like other men only Jesus can say that and notice Jesus is humble like who like the tax collector but he ain't a sinner the tax collector is but Jesus ain't but he got that same humility Jesus is not like other men to the point where he stands in a category all by himself. A little bit similar to what we saw with the Pharisee. But the Pharisee was gassed. Jesus actually is perfect. Kept the law. Imagine Jesus being able to say, Do you find any sin in me? And just like that, nobody can respond by saying yes. 
Nobody. Even his brothers and sisters. You, like, you know, Jude was Jesus' half-brother. Poor Jude, living in the house. Every day, his mum Mary must have been like, Jude, what's wrong with you? Why can't you be like your brother Jesus? <laughs> the Bible says Jesus was, tempt, was tested in all points, yet without sin. Which one of you can accuse me of sin, says Jesus. See? I'm not like, any of, I'm not like other men. Only Jesus can say that. And rightly so. And he's upright and perfect. But like the, like the Pharisee thought he was, but Jesus is not proud and he's not arrogant. Ain't nobody like him. And how many of you know? <clears throat> Jesus. The tax collector needs forgiveness. We know that. We see that. It's evident. It's obvious. But how many of you know the Pharisee also needs forgiveness? And Jesus dies for both types of people, doesn't he? Wow. If I was Jesus, I'd have cuss off the, 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 the Pharisee. I'd have tell the Pharisee about himself. But Jesus doesn't. Jesus is not like that. And you're the tax collector. You don't expect Jesus to give you the time of day, but he does, like the woman at the well, like the woman caught in an act of adultery. Jesus got time for you if you're a sinner. The Bible says that um, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, there's a saying that's sure and true and worthy of universal acceptation, and it's this, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save righteous people. He came into the world to save sinners. So if you're a sinner today, and I'm saying, you qualify for salvation. Amen. See, we all fall into one of these two. All of us fall into one of these two categories. And sometimes we jump in and jump out of one and jump into the other. <laughs> it's like we some, if, you know what, if you've been a Christian for five minutes, you know what I'm talking about. And whether, whether, whether you call yourself a Christian or you, or you call yourself a drug or you're a... Whichever of the two categories, you're a Christian or you're a drug dealer. You're, you're, you're a Christian who goes to the temple. You go to church every week. You're still a sinner. Or if you're, if you're having sex outside of marriage or if you're cheating on your wife. We all need to be justified. Shall we pray? <sighs> Father, thank you that we get the privilege to be able to pray. And that whether we're in the temple or not in the temple, whether we're in this quote-unquote church building or whether we're outside, it doesn't matter where we are. The issue is our posture. Father, man looks on the outward appearance, but you look at the heart. And Father, I pray that you'd forgive, first of all, those of us that are Christians, Lord, who have forgotten the pit from which we were dug. Forgive us, Father, for ever looking at anybody down the end of our nose or at the corner of our eye and judge somebody. Like we're God. We're not you. You're God. 
Now, that doesn't mean that we don't tell people about their sinfulness. It doesn't mean that we don't highlight it. But Lord, we have to be careful to remember that we're just like those people. Those people are us, are we. We're all sinners in need of salvation. And Father, I pray you remind us of that. Help us to constantly remember that. By remembering the gospel. Lord, the gospel is good news for sinners. And I know I need to preach the gospel to myself every day. Because every day I sin. Every day I fall short. And Lord, I thank you for those that are here today who know that they're sinners. Might even feel like, oh, you want me to come to church? What we've... With you, but you don't smoke, you don't steal. And I'm saying, like, I'm not righteous enough to come to church. No, my life is a mess. Well, maybe you saw someone in the very Bible that you thought you could never identify with. In the very same Bible is somebody just like you, but somebody who's just like me, sinners. And maybe you've come to that point today where you realize that. But so whether we're Christians or we're saints or we're card-carrying sinners, Father, thank you that your love is extended to all of us. And we see that love. But Jesus takes all of our sin and goes to the cross and dies in our place on our behalf the righteous for the unrighteous, in order that we might be brought to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this wonderful, very short, but very powerful parable as it illustrates that difference. Continue to help us to understand this throughout the rest of our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.